This is a podcast called Quit. It's all about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's Friday. But you know what they say, it's always Friday somewhere. You can call into the show live, and I would like it if you would call into the show live this time. 512-518-5714 is the number to dial. Let me tell you that one more time. Austin area code 512-518-5714. The best area code in the world. That is the voice of Hattie Cook. Hello. How are you doing, Hattie? I'm doing lovely. How about you? Good. And uh, to my surprise, over in the corner... (laughs) (laughs) Is uh, Shlok Vadia. Shlok. Yes. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. I love when you're here. These are always my favorite episodes. I like to think so, too. You are at Shloki on Twitter, at S-H-L-O-K-Y. I am indeed. You come to us today a changed man in so many ways, and we'll get to, we'll get to why. But I feel like every time I see you, I'm not saying that Hattie doesn't also go through changes in her appearance but they're not, they're not as drastic as slow but also what i realize is i see you five days a week yes and seeing you five days a week here at, at our office the, if you I are making changes, changes gradual I, they're yeah they're subtle mm-hmm. but if you you know like sometimes i'll wake up in the morning and i'll look at my more my daughter now than my son he changes but like she'll come downstairs and i'm like you're taller than you were last night <laughs> you've grown a foot and you know, being a three-year-old, I think they do grow like that overnight. Yep. My son, being almost eight now, he's grown, but it's it's less noticeable. Every time I see Schluck, there's something something different, and I like your look right now. Mm. Thank you. Very Hollywood. Very, very LA, different from last time. Very different from last time. Almost unrecognizable, other than the fact that you said you'd be here at three thirty, and a, a guy walked in at three thirty. Right. And you sound like Schluck. That's true. It's funny you say L.A. because that's exactly where this look was born. Really? Yeah. Like you went to L.A., got the look, came back? Pretty much. What's been going on with you? Why haven't you been on the show so much? I was traveling. I was not invited. And then I came back. You're always invited. Oh. You never need an invitation. We do the show at 4 p.m. Central, 5. So for you, 4. Okay. 5 Central. Every Friday. And I would, I would absolutely love it if you would be here every single week. All right, I will wholly do that. Now we have a, uh, we have a whole bunch of emails that came in that we can talk about all of those since last week. We also have a few people on hold who are going to want to talk. I already know that they're going to want to talk, and that's good. We'll get to them, but. Look, you've got a lot. You've got a lot to say, and I want to make sure that your voice is heard this week because it's been so long since you've been up in here. It's true. So, with these two people on hold, keeping that in mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, I want to mention our our sponsors today. Thank you so much to Squarespace dot com and uh, Cashfly dot com, which we'll tell you about in a minute. Are you warm in here, Schluck? Is it warm to you? It is warm in here. They're right behind you, next to the picture of Willem Dafoe with, with the kiss, with on, the kiss on his cheek. <laughs> you can move that all the way the to the other to, side. Yeah, the other side there. Move it all the way to cold. The opposite of wherever it is right now. Yeah, whatever it's on now. There. 
in the morning, it's ice cold, unpleasant, and horrible in here. And in the <laughs> afternoon, it's hot, unpleasant. Delightful. So what has been going on with you? You're, you're traveling a lot. You're all over the place. And you come in, you've got, you have, you're, even though you say the look is in LA, you're more Austin than I've ever seen you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag. I, I, I don't know. I took a transformational trip, which sounds actually crazy now that I say it. So it's not a transformational trip as in I went and found myself eat, pray, love style. <laughs> but I did go to California and I spent some time with some old friends and, uh, uh, it did not work for a full five days, which was very weird for me. When was that? Is that how long has it been since you had like a break like that? Um, last year, maybe it's been a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, at, yeah, actually, probably two years, actually. Um, so, yeah. And you, nice. For the record, you work a lot and you're one of those people, I think, like me, where there isn't a very definitive line between this is something that I'm doing for work and this is something I'm doing with friends for pleasure. You, right. you work with people that you like in some cases, and you might go to have a dinner or a meetup or something like that. And to you, it doesn't necessarily feel like work, right? Because you're with people that you like and you're talking about things that are interesting to you. But somebody else might say, why are you always working? Right. Whereas yeah, it's, it, it's that, right? It's equal parts of that to where everything you do is work. Yeah. Uh, but like a lot of it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. But it's also like, I mean, like, so I, went, I took a family trip. The four of us went to Hawaii last September. Wow. Um, and that was cool. But like, I still worked while I was there. Yeah. You know, this time I actually like put away the phone. I turned off the laptop. I didn't, yeah. I just didn't. I, I read and I wrote and just hung out. And that was like a cool moment, right? Because you yeah. got to breathe. But when you breathe that way, you kind of get strategic too. And you're like, who am I? What am I doing here? Right. That kind of thing. So you come back with a beard and a tattoo. And yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you need. <laughs> title had yes do you need that do you feel like you need that once in a while do you need to disconnect do you need to be away from stuff to get a better perspective on it yeah i think so i mean now i think so i always conceptually knew that people say you're supposed to do that yeah but i'm like i'm too busy um but this time i'm like whoa like i didn't you know people say that when they do like psychedelic trips but like for me it was just kind of that was like a whole different way of thinking which i think it's important every so often you know, were you with different people that like couldn't possibly talk to you about work stuff? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like, because like if you're like, if your spouse is your business partner or something, mm-hmm. or you go on a trip with friends from work, like inevitably that's going to creep into your, co- okay. So there's this movie. How do I want you to find out the name of this movie? I don't recommend anyone see this movie. <laughs> okay. Don't see this movie. It's something, it's a romantic movie. From the 80s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Christopher Reeve. It's like somewhere in time or something. I think that's the name of it. He goes back in time. Somehow convinces himself through meditation yes. or something. Goes back in time. I'm going to spoil this whole movie for you. <laughs> he goes back in time. And he, uh, he, he, he falls in love with this woman that he meets back then. I'm leaving out a lot of details, not important. Okay. But he goes somehow, he, he, he wills himself back in time. And he does it a couple times as like a little test. And then he's like, he's full on, I'm doing it. Right. And somehow whatever he's wearing in present day, that's what he's wearing back in okay. the 1800s or whatever it is. So he goes to like a thrift store. And he buys like clothes that were from that time period and goes to a hotel room that's like from the time period and it wills himself back, meets this woman, 
who I think is med- uh, Quinn Medicine Woman. That 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 lady. Uh, she is Jane Seymour. Yeah. What's the name of the show of this movie? Somewhere in time. It is somewhere yes, in time. You got oh, it correct. Nice. That's why I said yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and anyway, long story short, and this all relates to what Shlok is talking about and taking vacations. He goes back in time, and he's there. Falls in love. Now I'm going to ruin the movie for you. At <laughs> some point, he's got his hand in his pocket, and he pulls out a coin, and it's a penny from the 1984, or whatever. And he looks down at the year and sees the year and he's reminded he's not from that time. And that breaks the spell and sends him back to modern day right at the time that he was like, my darling, I will meet you tomorrow night and we will get married and whatever. So he basically never shows up. Right. Yep. So now he goes out, finds her. She's like a 90 year old, Uh you know, like up in some house somewhere. And she's like. Of course, it's him. He's still young. She's like, it's you. I knew it'd be you. I knew you'd come back one day or something like that. And also she hates him and whatever. And then so he then is back in his hotel room trying and trying and trying to go back in time. Can never go back in time again. Yep. Sounds like not a very uplifting movie. No, it's not. (laughs) Anyway, like I said, no one needs to see this movie. Right. Uh, But the point is, you know, he he's reminded of his real life. He's reminded that he's not from that time period. And I find in my own experience that if there's one little penny, one reminder of something else, it's very easy for my mind to go right back into that, into that working state. Right. Do you feel, and I think this is more for people who are running their own business as opposed to people who are employees. When I was an employee, it was super easy to not think about work after the first day. Sure. You know, I go on a vacation. I'm gone for three or four days, five days a week. After the first day, I'm like, screw that place. I don't ever need to go back there, even if I like it. Yep. I don't ever need to go back there. Whereas now, if I try to take time off or something, immediately I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really missing out on stuff. Stuff isn't getting done. I know I'm going to have more to do when I get back. How were you able to disconnect? completely enough to you know get to that place yeah it's true right so these like artifacts you're talking about um so like my phone and my computer right um my phone you can't really live without but you can put on silent um and you can actually put on airplane mode which is apparently you can use not on an airplane um (laughs) i've heard about about that so that's a big one uh so those are artifacts but then after you come back there's also artifacts you can have and um like i'm wearing one right now it's a bracelet but like i got it then yeah it was made by a friend and so like it kind of takes me back to that moment but not really and i'm not sitting here spacing out thinking about like a beach but it is kind of cool to have those artifacts kind of see the effect they have on you but then also like um carry it forward right like because that's basically what your life but is. But see, now you're bringing, you are now bringing the artifacts from your trip with you. Right. So that in a way you, you, you keep that feeling with, with you. Yeah. You're keeping your trip with you. Yep. And the other part of it is what you originally touched on was like the people you're there with, like the exact quote was, I don't care what you do. Right. Like, okay, cool. All right. Now we're not talking about that stuff. Right. <laughs> so like it's, that's kind of important too, is like obviously who you're with, but um and I think it's I think it's huge and I know that you know one of my biggest issues is that I don't I don't really take it's not that I don't take enough vacations I don't really take vacations in the conventional sense 
I haven't for really since I started doing this. Like I've taken time off. Like when my daughter was born, I took time off. When my son was born, I took time off. So like a few hours or a, a couple weeks. Yeah, there you go. But that was, it was really, really tough. It was really, really tough to do that. And I think it was a big part of it was because like, I know that again, I'm in that situation where if things don't get, if I'm not doing them, a lot of cases, you know, Hattie now can do a lot, but even so, like she can't, she couldn't run the show by herself. You know what I mean? And I couldn't do what she does. So like, I know that stuff's not happening now. Right. Yep. And I know that that stuff still needs to happen. And I know that I'm just going to be playing catch up when I get back. Yep. And how do, how do you think an independent business owner is supposed to cope with that? How do you think a, somebody who's self-employed and I, you know, I always envy the people who do freelance, like freelance developer, freelance designer, you know, who can just be like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be done with the project, you know, June 15th. And I'm going to take the rest of June off and go, you know, mm-hmm. go camping. And when I get back, I'll be fine. I made some good money on that project. You know, I call that the, the, and then we're going to take a call. I call that the construction worker mentality. And the reason I call it that is I knew a guy who used to work construction. He was my neighbor. And he worked when he needed money. Right? Yep. So if he, let's, I don't, I don't know how this worked out. I don't know how he got paid. Okay, but let's say he had $2,000 worth of bills a month. You know, let's just say his rent, food, car payment, eating out, whatever. It's 2000 bucks. Well, if he had $4,000 from a, you know, from a contracting gig where he was, you know, doing, he was a plumber or a plumber's apprentice or whatever. I don't know whatever he did. If he had like four grand, then that meant he didn't have to work for two months. Yep. And in the last week of the second month, he'd be like, oh man, I better go start going to work now. Who's the next door neighbor in office space? Um, it was like that. But I was going to we say, were, that it, reminds me a lot of him. And yeah, then at he the worked end when like he, that. Can, I guess I can spoil office. No. no? Yeah, for this show. I feel like yeah. Office Space, everyone. Well, don't spoil the whole thing, but you can tell them what happens. At one point in the movie, uh-huh. uh, the main character. The protagonist. Um, yes. Uh, ends up working a construction job. But th- I think that you're right, Dan. I think that that's. That was a worse synopsis of Office Space. Well, I didn't heard. want. I just want to talk about that one part. <laughs> I know. Not synopsis. I'm giving synopsis. Um, but I think that. That that reminded me a lot of that, where it's like, oh, I'll work when I need to, and if you know, if I don't need to, then I'm gonna just be relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a call. Let's take a call. Why not? This person's been waiting 32 minutes. Go oh. ahead, caller. <laughs> Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Who's this? This is Jerry from Denver. Jerry from Denver. Yeah. Have you called ever before, Jerry? No, I'm not. Okay. Well, what's up? What's on your mind? We got Schloke here, so you picked a good you you picked a good day to call. Great. Well, great. Well, mostly it's a thank you call. I've been listening to Quit since uh, the beginning, and when I started listening to Quit, um, I was actually getting pretty close to retirement, early retirement from a big, big, big company. And I started to think about after retirement, what I wanted to do. And I know I, I knew I always wanted to stay in tech as a hobby to, you know, take it beyond the, the hobby and actually try to 
sell something. So I'm kind of at the tail end of the development process for um, iPad app I'm developing. Nice. So I want to thank you for that. I, I don't think I would have done that uh, without your show. Wow. That, I mean, I, I think you would have, but I appreciate you saying that. So what, I mean, are you in a transition? Are you in a, a life transformative transition like Shlok is going through right now? Or are you, are you taking it step by step? I mean, like what's your game plan? Because I, I love, I love that you called. Thank you for listening. I love that what you're describing is, you know, you're doing something or you're, you're trying something, but I'm curious, what have you, what have you put in place to do this? Is this a, just, I'm doing this for fun or you're making this change. Like you're, you're committed to it and doing it. I'm, I'm mostly doing it for fun. So about a little over two years ago, I, I retired at uh, age 55. So I'm a little bit on the opposite end of the spectrum. Right. The high school student called a couple of weeks you ago. You remember so him? He was great. I probably He was great. And I, I wish I could give him advice. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, well, you yeah, can. He yeah, listens. Yeah. Wait a minute. I, I, Give him advice right now. He listens. Yes, he listens every week. He listens. Uh, yeah, be, ni- be, ni- be nice to people. So was I, yeah. was I okay yeah. with him because I didn't want to come on too strong? If he was my kid, <laughs> don't laugh, yeah. Shlok. If I, was, if, I was my, if he was my kid, I'd be like, listen, dude, you know, let, let me tell you how it's going to be. But, like, I'm not his yeah. dad, you know. But, uh, so, no, so, you, were, you were fine. But he I should wish, be nice. I wish I could to in my 16 year old voice seriously you know, he sounded like a great kid he just has to little, change a little bit change his approach with his friends a little bit yeah so um, what's so be, but this is great good. this is a, this is a really interesting story because in in the last couple episodes i've had people call in and say oh you know like is it too late for me and i'm looking at a couple emails right here <laughs> that uh, that yeah. that people that I'm just just came in since last week, where you know, there these are people who are feeling stuck. These are people who are saying, you know, I don't I don't really know what to do because I feel like I can't change. Not because I have you know golden handcuffs, but because it's it's late in the game for me. Now you're you're you were saying you retired at fifty five. And is that right? And and I was one of those. I was one of those guys that did have golden handcuffs. But you know that's that's a, a good problem to have. It wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. But I knew that I wanted to stay busy after retirement, doing something right. mostly just my mind active. And I've I've been in tech forever. I've been programming since I was I think eighteen years old. So so I I've, I've been doing tech stuff for a long long time. And I wanted to continue to do it as a hobby and you know the last couple of years at work really weren't all that satisfying I, right. I spent 30 plus years in IT not doing any development just infrastructure type IT and I knew I, I just wanted to do something different so um, I started to think about what I could do what apps I could write and I uh, my wife and I have a very addicting hobby of dog agility which Dog agility. That's awesome. Dog agility. YouTube. YouTube. It, it's it's insane. But so dog agility <laughs> people are extremely serious about their hobby. Uh, we travel all over the Western U.S. going to uh, dog shows and, and dog agility trials, and people spend a lot of money, and they spend a lot of money on training. So my idea for an app was um, 
um, an app to help memorize the course maps for how you're going to run your dog. So uh, about a early last year, I started to develop it and uh, just very much part-time. And I'm very close. I'm, I'm about to release my third or fourth beta. But I guess my only question is I'm, I'm struggling on when to ship. And I know you've spoken about this to some extent on Back to Work, and I, I haven't listened to this week's episode of Back to Work where you uh, do a lot of follow-up. But I'm trying to balance when to ship and how much polish to put on this app versus how much I'm going to charge for it because it's kind of a niche, niche market. I can't sell it for ninety-nine cents or dollar ninety-nine, and you know even recoup expenses. So I'll, you know I'll probably have to charge say twenty dollars. But if I want to charge twenty dollars for it, I want to make sure it's really, really good. Right. And I'm kind of obsessing over that and obsessing over a lot of the details. So I wonder if you have any thoughts. Schloke was looking inspired, <laughs> so so I'll let Schloke go first. Sure. Um, I right think. On. So if you've got the thing in there that's going to make people use it, like there's the killer feature, the one thing that people really, really want. If you if you feel like you've got mm-hmm. it in there, you have to ship. Um, the advantage you okay. have with that with that kind of high price point is that there's an expectation that you're going to continue to polish and refine it and make it better over time, and that I'm buying a lifetime subscription versus like uh, I'm going to have to buy the next version or whatever, right? So I think. Um, mm-hmm. So that's actually, I mean, you can look at that two, one of two ways. It's an advantage because um, there is that expectation. In a way, it's a disadvantage, though, because like it's not going to be worth, quote-unquote, whatever that price point is at the outset. So I'd, I'd say you do a couple yeah. things. Is um, If you feel like you've got the one thing that's going to make it worth it, um, throw it out there and make it five bucks, right? Just get some folks using it at a price point that is just like, all right, whatever, that's a cup of coffee. And then you can jack it up mm-hmm. once you realize once you uh, are able to polish it with their feedback, and also, um, you know, keep keep making it shiny and pretty and perfect over time. Okay. So let me let me ask you a question before we uh, before we let you go. Sure. You re- you said you retired at fifty five. Yeah. There there are a lot of people out there who are not going to necessarily be able to retire. At 55. And again, like this is something that's shocking to me because I was raised in a family where, especially my grandparents, my parents too, but my grandparents really, really drove this home for me. Is like they had lived and run a very tight ship at home. Really, really Mm -hmm. tight ship at home. Like small house, old cars. You know, that kind of thing. And when they retired, they're like, okay, you know what? We're going to go buy a condo in Boca. And they bought the condo and they bought it in cash. You know, and then they, they, when they would get a car every few years, they'd get a new car. And it'd be like a Lincoln Town car or a Cadillac or something. And, you know, my grandfather would drive the old car in. They'd say, okay, we'll give you this much for it. And he'd he'd get the new one. And, uh, you know, he would would buy it in cash. And, I was always very impressed by this. And the reason that he was able to do it is they never, they never spent any money their whole life before that, you know, to get to, to get to that point. And I actually think that like 55 is early to retire these days. 
My my mom worked well yeah. past fifty five. And so I'm curious, like, what was it that you did or what what uh, parting advice would you have for our listeners who are young right now or, or younger in their 20s, 30s, 40s even that might enable them? What was it that allowed you to retire at age 55? And, and now you can do things like dog agility and learn iOS and make an app. Yeah. So the probably the best piece of advice is sit down and just develop a plan. Um, I actually, uh, this was before I had a PC in 1981. I sat down with a programmable calculator and came up with a uh, little piece of software to do my retirement planning in 1981. So I had a plan. Uh, You know, luckily I was able to follow it. Uh, I avoided bad stuff and I just followed the plan for 32 years and good things happened. Um, so that's, that's probably the number one piece of advice. And then, you know, the next is just avoid debt as much as possible. Do you have any debt that you're uh, still paying off? I assume, I assume not. No, uh, I've, uh, so you, when you, when you talk about your parents and grandparents, um, it kind of struck home. I've, I've never actually had a car payment. Never. Uh, never had a car life. payment. Never. No. Wow. And wow. Well, and I, I just don't like cars. I just, I, they don't appeal to me. I don't, I don't get anything out of them. They're just some mode of transportation right now. I'm, um, I'm 57 and I'm on my third vehicle. I'm, uh, I'm driving. You just keep, you just keep them for, a, for right a very, very long time. A very, very long time, and, you know, that's a long time without uh, car payments. And then when we do need a new car, we can buy a new car. See, I love that. Okay, listen, i got to let you go, but I appreciate the call, hey. and uh, and, and uh, thanks for, you know, for telling me what's going on, and I'm glad that the show was helpful. And you know what? Call back in. Let me know how your app launch yeah, goes. Yeah, we'll do. All right. Thanks. Okay, well, thanks for everything. Thanks for taking my call. All right. Bye. Take care. In the chat room... Dog Weather says he is the caller who was waiting for two hours. He accidentally hung up when switching off speakerphone. Okay. He says, What's his, is he area code 503? Are you Dog Weather? He says, I think I'm number two now. Yes, that's okay. him. All right, I'll get him next. But I love that. You hear you hear what the guy said, Shlok? He talks about having a plan. Mm-hmm. He talks about having a plan, the importance from having of having a plan, the importance of of being able to go into it and saying, you know what, I am going to achieve this goal that I have of, of retiring at 55. How many people do you know, Shlok, that buy a car in cash? He's only bought three cars in his life. I had three cars, you know, four or five years out of school. That's because I had really crappy, awful cars that kept dying. Right. <laughs> or getting, to get or getting stolen. I told you the story how my car got stolen. Yes. What an idiot I was. It was totally my fault. I don't remember what made it your fault. Well, I do. <laughs> you know, but think about that. Think about what, think about the power. And you know what, what my grandfather used to tell me is he used to say, and he didn't say this in a, in a, in an ominous, evil Mr. Burns kind of way, but he said this in a very realistic matter of fact way. And I've said it on this show before, and I want everyone to think about this. Money is power. And he would say to me, Danny, in this world, money is power. 
And he didn't say it like that was a good thing. And he didn't, you know, wring his hands and, and laugh as thunder struck outside. He just, <laughs> he just said it as a very matter-of-fact way that this allows you that, that if you have money, you can, you can do the things that you need to do or that you want to do. That might mean getting health care if you need health care for something. It might mean being able to go on a trip somewhere. It might mean being able to go to the restaurant that you choose to go to when you want to go to it. And I remember uh, sitting across from my girlfriend in college and going to like an Applebee's or Chili's or something and ordering a Coke and a water. One of us would get a Coke. One of us would get a water because the Cokes it were endless refills. Like you did, it would come out. Oh, would you like some more Coke? Yes. <laughs> so we could save two bucks by only ordering one Coke and just sharing it. And then, you know, sharing the water. And, you know, like I remember that time period. And now I also remember going through this transition early on when I, when I was, uh, when I was married my wife's uh, cousins were several years younger than her. Oh, thank you, Game Center, for I was gonna say, indicating that, that I've received a friend request. <laughs> I don't even know when I logged into Game Center. Or w- I try when. and delete it or move it or hide it every I time. I never on use Game Center. <laughs> I don't know why it's on my computer. I don't have any games installed on this computer. This is the in the studio on the desk computer. I yeah. wonder who's friended you on it. Someone has now friended me. Thanks, it's, friend. Everybody friend in right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I remember that they were a few years behind. So I had graduated from college. I had my 24K a year job. And, you know, I was out of school for a few years and they were just going into college kind of. And I remember one night I'm like, let's all go out to eat. And I think it was probably a Chili's. And I was like, you know what? I'm paying for everyone. And you can all get a soda if you want to go get a soda. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you know, it was probably like more than 50 bucks. And that was like, I remember the most I had ever spent in my life myself mm-hmm. on a meal. And that just was just shocking because it felt like a lot of money. And I mean, I guess you could say it was. But, you know, my grandparents, before they retired, like they never ate out. They never ate out. Yep. Too much money. Too much money. Don't want to spend any money. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's good, but I'm saying that the, that money is is power. And that if you if you have it, you get to have the things that you want. And the more money you have, the more you get for free. The more well, successful yeah. you are, the more you get for free, Shlok. That's true. I mean, so, but I don't know. Now that I, you're all Hollywood, I, I bet you don't pay for gas anymore. I absolutely do. My car is very small, so I pay for it rarely. But um, I <laughs> Can think I say it, what kind of car you have? Uh, yes. It is a convertible. It is. And that, is that why your hair is always yeah, that, that, windswept? The windswept away. look. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, me and my hairdresser have long conversations about that. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's, I would argue it's less that money is power, it's that money is freedom. 
Right. And maybe power is power if you have freedom. a whole lot of money, maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is freedom, right? It's freedom. It's the it's freedom from the stress. It's freedom from and then it's freedom to whatever do whatever you want. But I'd say the freedom part is the one that's like that's what everybody wants. Which is kind of what the show's about. Dano in the chat room, Dan Zero is saying in the chat room, five years ago, we planned to be debt-free, including the house, and I'm three weeks away from this. Plans and sticking to the plans is priceless. And I'm not sure if this is the the same person who called in. I don't know. But I've... And here's something I would like to know. And I I don't think we'll have an answer on this show, but if, if you're listening now and you want to call in... Please, please do call in with, with the answer to this, because this is something that I've heard. Is it, and, and I think my, you know what, Hattie, I think my listeners would like to know the answer. And you asked me this question yes. not long ago, and I don't know the answer. <laughs> is it better to have a mortgage payment and have a car payment than it is to just pay these things off outright? And I've heard different answers. The one answer that I've heard is, well, with interest rates as low as they are right now, Unless you were going to invest that money that that you would otherwise have spent on the house and get at least that much of a return, then it it's a wash. But I don't know. What's the philosophy? If you have a car right now and you just start say you don't have any payments and you start saving and you save up you know, thirty five grand for a new car, is it better to just go in here? Here's thirty five grand, give me the new car. Assuming that you're not going to invest that money in something else that would make you more of a return and then, you know, pay it out. I don't know the answer to that. Shlok, I don't know if you know the answer to that. I think, I mean, it's, it's a philosophical thing, right? In the sense that a lot of people are opposed to debt, period. They've seen it go bad. They don't right. ever want debt. Uh, kind of like the caller we just had. Nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing, Yeah, it's just the other side of the coin, though, is that debt is leverage. Debt is an investment you're making, Um and obviously, you don't want an investment on a car because it's a declining asset and blah, blah, blah. But uh, if the car is what's going to get you to work, if you're a real realtor and like you need to have a fancy car, whatever, there's reasons to invest in these things if they can return more over right. time. So to me, I mean, at what the age would, I'm what in, you, what I'm do you single. Did you buy your car in cash? No. I, yeah, no. For for me, I'm, I'm single. I'm 20-something. Like, I'm on job number three. Like, it does... I. I don't need to like spend the cash on that, right? Because right. to me, I'm either going to, right? I mean, let's be honest, right? The way this works is I'm going to pay that thing off unless I die along the way. Right. So if that happens, then it doesn't matter. Right. And it doesn't really matter that I'm paying that because I make enough for me as a single person with no kids to do that. Um, is that going to be right when next week I get surprised by a kid? Probably not. <laughs> but like, I'm making the bet that that's not going to happen. So like, it's... I think at different stages in your life, debt means different things. But I think on when you're approaching retirement or when you're actually thinking about retirement, yeah, you probably don't want any. Yeah. Number to dial if you still want to call. We've got a few callers on hold that we're going to get to in a second. 512-518-5714. Let me tell you about Squarespace. It's the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. And uh, I just got to tell you, I was using, I was using Squarespace today. To work on a little site that we're doing, and you know what, I should, Hattie, I should announce what we're doing. I think you, I think it's I safe to, too. To I think it. it's safe too. But I don't want to say what it is yet. Is the thing we were talking about? This is a separate thing. No, not that okay. thing. Not that thing. That thing I'm kind of alluded to. Mm-mm. This is a different thing. Shh. I want to get your idea on it. Yep. 
your take on it rather. But I, I was starting to use, so I am, I am my own customer now talking about Squarespace and using it. And you know what? I went in, I said, I'm, I'm going to use this like a regular old user uses it. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to make a site. I'm going to, I'm going to, as best as I can, go on a little vacation and pretend I've never used it before. And that's, that's how I approached it. And I've got to tell you, there, re, you know, there really is no better way to just go and make a website that does lots of different things. You can host your podcast. You, if you're a musician, you can post your album. If you want to sell stuff, you want to sell, you know, and, and package and ship, you can do it. It's just great. It's just so great. It's so easy to use. You can pick from there tons and tons of templates, totally customize the thing. And you can get in there. You can do code injection. You want to put your own weird tracking stuff in there. You want to do your own CSS. You want to embed stuff in the header tag. Like you can do all that stuff and it's easy. You got your own Typekit account. You want to use your own fonts that they don't even list. That's fine. Do it. I don't care. Squarespace, they let you do whatever you want. 10% off your first purchase. If you would like to save some money, it will be only $8 a month for you to do this. Now they're using the, the I called this show grit for a little while. It's back to being quit, but the, the code is still grit. So you go to squarespace.com slash grit and you use the code grit to get 10% off your first purchase. Thanks very much to Squarespace for making this show possible. 512-518-5714. You want to take another call or do you have something else to say, Shlok? You want to hit some tweets real quick? Yeah, let's hear. All right, here's some tweet questions. Uh, these are tweeted at Dan Benjamin and or at Shloki. Um, number one, how do you advertise your service on a shoestring budget when word of mouth isn't enough? And this uh-huh. is from Kitty Num Nums. She's a chronic, what we call a chronic. <laughs> She's a longtime fan listener, was able to reinvent her entire life hmm. based on a single word from me. Nice. What so, was that word? Yes. Okay, there it is. Uh, yeah, so I think, you know, so how do you get your word out um, on a shoestring budget? Yeah, how? Uh, so you, you, You're you going to say social media, right? Um, I'm going to say something a little bit broader. I'm okay. going to say content marketing. Uh-huh. Uh, because what you have is not money, but you have time. And as evidenced by your tweet, you have the ability to string words together. So that is a good t- way to use that time. Um, and not necessarily just like, Twitter spam, but maybe write a blog post or a guest post somewhere else or submit stuff to, I don't know what your business is. If it's a local, maybe local newspapers, if it's like national, then you want to get it on stuff like the verge or whatever. Um, and it just basically says like, here's, you know, here's what I'm doing and here's why. And then you want to flip it around and write it in a way that it's like, if you were to come across as somebody's trying to solve a particular problem, what you, what you wrote in that thing would be the answer. And that's basically the, the, that's the essence of content marketing, but Google that there's a, there's a lot of resources out there. And again, it's, you've got time to use it to write those words and get people to pay attention. Good advice. And it's, I mean, it really, you know, I was, I was listening to a podcast uh, earlier in the week, Sean McCabe, the, the Sean McCabe, also known as Sean West inexplicably. Uh, super talented guy, mm-hmm. hand letterer, 
now entrepreneur, now community leader, hmm. now, dare I say, cult leader. Hmm. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. Be- benevolent cult leader? Benev- a benevolent totalitarian state leader? <laughs> Fair enough. Very smart guy. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to one of his podcasts, and in, in the podcast, he was talking about how I listen to everything. I listen to everything everybody has to say. And in the podcast, he was talking about how, you know, if, if you, and I, Gary Vaynerchuk says a similar message, which is, if you want things from other people, you, you yourself must be willing to give. You must be, you must provide value to them, and you must provide value to them consistently, and in his particular topic was self-promotion, just like uh, what it sounds like this guest is, is wanting to do. His, his question was, how do you promote things without being, uh, I'm paraphrasing, he didn't use his words, but without being a douche, <laughs> how do you promote mm-hmm. the things that you're doing? And I think that that, that definitely can, it, it, I feel like this, the, that uh, author's question there is a subtext there, which is, can I also do this without seeing like you? Because sometimes people will promote something and I'll think to myself, you know what? They're doing something and asking you to, they're asking you to go click like on their thing, or they're asking you to retweet them, or they're asking you to go watch a video, or they're asking you for something. And somehow they don't seem annoying about it. Like you're, you're not put off by it the way that other people when they're promoting their recent project that it, it turns you off and it seems like marketing. And I, you know what? I don't want to be marketed to. I have a very instantaneously hostile response to being marketed to when I feel like somebody's marketing to me. If they're telling me about something like you're listening to a podcast, it's sponsored by Squarespace I'm going to tell you about Squarespace. Yes, technically I'm being marketed too, but I feel like, you know what? This person is being compensated for their time to make this thing that they made for me that they're not charging me for. The least I can do is listen to their spot. The least I can do is go to the, you know what? I'll go to squarespace.com slash grid because they asked me to and they gave me their podcast for free. Like, I'll do that. Yep. So I feel like if, if, if people believe that they're getting that value. So your response to the, to that, that uh, tweeter of creating that blog post of doing something like if you've got to put stuff out there first, right? You've got to create something for people yep. that makes them say, Oh, and then the other thing is not. And Brian Brushwood talk yes. of speaking of Brian Brushwood, speaking of Brian, you know, Brian Brushwood has embraced what has become his persona, his public identity. He is much more than a guy who squirts milk from his nose and busts out of uh, straight jackets and cuts uh, limes in half with a cigarette. Yep. He does these things. But that's, that's not him as a human. But people want to gravitate onto you as a person. So like to our whole audience right now, you're sort of like the, you know, windswept hair, tattooed, bearded L.A. dude in a convertible with sunglasses, <laughs> mirrored sunglasses on. Like, that's who you are. When you put it that way, that's, yep. That is okay. you. And you, what I admire is that you embrace that. 
You know, Brian Brushwood says, all right, you know what? I'm the guy, the crazy magician dude with milk coming out of his nose. Like, I'll be that because people like that. Yep. He's much more than that. You're much more than that. But finding what that thing is, because people will want to put you in a box. You don't want to be put in a box. Mm-mm. Can't nobody put me in the box. But <laughs> you can be... You can help define what kind of box people put you in. So that's my response to the, uh, now we've got this person who is now been on hold an hour and was on hold for two, two hours, hours before, before that. that. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's talk to him. Go ahead, caller. Hello. Hi. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yeah. You sound cool. fantastic. Hey, you know, I phone a five S here. Nice. Me too. <laughs> You too. Yeah, so I thought, you know, yeah, I'm totally into sound engineering, and it's one of the things I do appreciate about the work you do, that you've got this as well. And so, oh, it's it's important. Yeah. So what's up? What are you calling about? So what I'm calling about is I want to know what you think about, like, um, sort of public benefit type startups. Like, I, I have um, a couple in the open data, open source area. Okay. And so the latest one that I'm working on, it's like, Restaurant inspection scores, I figured out a way to get the whole world scores online. Nice. Good architecture. Yeah, good software architecture, good use of a good mix of closed source, open source coding. Um, by the way, so I'm a software engineer, been doing that for 20 years. I'm also a pro bono attorney, so I've got some street cred with working with these things, which has helped me. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually today starting to work on Austin's uh, restaurant scores. And, uh, I mean, so I wanted to know, do you all care about this stuff? Do you want to know these things? Is the restaurant you're in, you know, has, did it get a good score or not? Okay. Let me, first, let me ask you when, and, and for the audience, we have a, a huge, huge overseas, uh, listener base who may not be familiar okay. with, uh, you know, with, with, with restaurant scores. So first let me make sure that they and I both understand when you talk about a restaurant score, you're not talking about uh-huh. this place got like a Yelp review of whatever or four stars. Are you or are you talking about like, are there no. roaches in the kitchen? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Cle- cleanliness. Right. What I'm talking about is like, yeah, totally. It's cleanliness, which is like a thing these days, you know? People, oh, yeah, it is. People want... Yeah, people are a little freaked out by the different, you know, all the different public health issues. Some and of us are a lot, a lot freaked out. Things. Some are, of us are are <laughs> yeah. always wondering this. So I will exactly. I will say a resounding yes. I do care, and I would like to see those cool. reviews and ratings. And I would like to see whether it's on the Yelp app or yeah. Open Table or yeah. some other thing that I could go and I yeah. could see that oh, this restaurant got the highest thing, or this one was got a, a is it like ABC rating, right? And they, this one got a c rating because we found you know uh roaches roaches in the you know in the the, the cooler or something like yes i absolutely want and because when i walk into a place let me just tell you and this could be a whole different show Mm -hmm. but when when i walk into a place (laughs) listen the first thing that i think about is are they wearing gloves back in the kitchen? Because I want them to wear those little, oh, yeah. you know, the little gloves, the little, they're not latex exactly, but they're sort of like the food prep gloves. Yeah. And there was one time after, sure, sure. after I noticed, after I noticed in the, in the town that I lived in, this is back in Florida, back in the, in the town that I lived mm-hmm. in, in central Florida, they were, um, all the restaurants, all of a sudden, all of a sudden they started 
using these little gloves. Everything they were making was with the little gloves. I thought, oh, that's oh, great. That's great. Everyone was using like yeah. everywhere, all over. And then I went and I visited my in-laws. Yeah, that's a big deal. And my in-laws sent me out. Mm-hmm. They said, go, you know, could, would you mind going and pick up? There's a Burger King right around the corner. You know, we'll just get a quick little lunch or something <laughs> from the Burger King. I went to the Burger King. I'm like, looks clean. Looks fine. I went inside. <laughs> Nobody was wearing gloves. And the, I watched the guy make... The sandwich with his like bare his fingers hands, it. his fingers, oh. his fi- his human flesh, <laughs> disgusting, disgusting. his, his flesh horrible. touched <laughs> the food that I'm supposed to consume, and it was oh, disgusting to me. Standard, yeah. And and so then first world problem. Now yeah. listen, if if my family members touch the food, that's fine because I know them, and I know that if they if you know, like if they if they've got it, I'm probably gonna wind up getting it anyway. So I'm not worried about it, right? But like. This five dollar an hour person. How do I trust? How do I trust that he didn't just wipe his nose or something worse or something else. with those hands? Yeah, so you've got one customer and it's Dan. It's me. Pay you, a, I mean, you know what? A princely sum. You for only that need one customer like me to have a success. I'll tell you what, because I'll advocate your app all around the world as I travel. Awesome. Beautiful. So listen. Beautiful. So Yelp has your... already been really supportive. Yeah. I've been working to get my data into Yelp. Are you charging so them one, for that? That's one avenue. Yeah. How do you make money? Um, I, I'm I'm working. Yeah. That, that's that's one of the things I'm kind of working on. But yeah, for like basically an SLA and for good API, really solid API access yeah. for up to date, daily updated stream of data, and for like uh, really making this up to like. Top-notch legal standards. This information is accurate. It's backed up. It's right from the you know from the agencies, and that's so. So basically, that's maybe the biggest way. But the thing is, yeah, I'm actually thinking of going the nonprofit route, um, being like a nonprofit entrepreneur. Yep. Um, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know anyone who's done that, or you have any opinion about that route. There's there's definitely some interesting give and takes about it. Yeah, uh, I actually know a few folks who've done that. There's also like the whole B corporation and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and yeah. they all they all live together at the YMCA, right? There it is. <laughs> uh, so, so these are okay. various I legal. Dan is on this. So, yeah, I'm just saying, like you know, it, it, it's. I'm it, just it, saying. It, it, how, I am. I am all for the. I mean, I'm interrupting Schloke here, right? But like, out of fear that you're not going to get paid because it's a nonprofit. Right. I mean, uh, listen. You're you're a you're a fancy lawyer. You still and earn a salary. You you get paid market rate, right? Like that's the important part Correct. to know. It's, you Correct. can get in. Like, so I worked at a think tank, and the the CEO or whatever made four hundred fifty grand plus bonuses. So like, you can make good yeah, money, and exactly, that's a exactly. fully you know that's a five hundred one three C or whatever. So you can you I mean you as an individual mm-hmm. will make money. I think the advantage of a nonprofit corporation, I think we're going to see a lot more of them going forward. You can park your IP in a thing that has a board of trustees and like the IP is basically, and by IP, I mean intellectual property is like, it's basically its own like freaking company. Like that's really cool. We're going to see a lot more of that happen over time Um, because people do want to keep their, they want to keep their patents in one place and they don't want it to be, you don't want like the next person you bring on to like fight you for the patent and blah, blah, blah. So it's all kept in the nonprofit world. So like it's, I think that's going to be really exciting for the next decade. I think you should do it, and I think you should heavily document it because we're going to see a lot more of it going forward. So that's interesting because I don't know very much yeah, about very that at all. I don't know anything about that. Here's what I do know. So actually, 
Now, hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on, Colin. <laughs> Here's what I do know is I'm all about supporting the families and people. He's doing Godfather hands just for everybody. Who, <laughs> yeah, I want to create. I'm trying every single day when I wake up in the morning. Of course, I want my family to be healthy. But in, it, the second thing that I think about every morning is how can I create jobs and support no, he's, doing mm-hmm. Biden, he's doing Biden hands. a larger number of people and their, their health and their livelihood. My goal is to create jobs and I want to create as many jobs as possible. I've created more jobs in Austin since I moved here than anybody else I know. This is true. Cool. Okay. Think about it, Shlok. Hattie. Uh-huh. Right now. I'm talking about since the beginning. <laughs> since now. I've had lots of interns in here, part-time people running around. I mean. None of those sound like jobs, but okay. But they were jobs. But here's the thing. How many, jo- Shlok, how many jobs have you created? I have hired three people in the last year alone. But not personally. with benefits. For your company. Right. Okay. But that company is not a nonprofit, I is it? I hired an intern. <laughs> no interns. Uh, no, the company is not a nonprofit. Okay, so that's my point. That's so not. That's not. A, what is go your profit? Point? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you can profit as a nonprofit. No, I want to learn. I want to learn. profit. I want to learn more about the nonprofit thing. Is the main advantage the IP aspect of it? Is it protecting an IP? Is it getting around the terrible patent system that we have in See, this country? I thought a nonprofit would be worse for protecting IP. That, like, because you're, you know, you keep them stuff. The board gets control. The management doesn't have control anymore. They can fire me, the CEO. Yep. I'm not sure if a nonprofit's good for innovation. But, you know, I have to look into it more, maybe. But I think it's good concern. for parking uh, innovation. I, I think it's not great for building out innovation the way it's structured right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Make, make mm-hmm. more jobs. So okay. I think, uh, listen. <laughs> I got like a. I want to know. I want access. I want early access to this app or whatever it is that you're doing. I want in on that. I oh, want to know. I want to know the restaurant. Every restaurant I go to from now on, I want to know what its cleanliness is because I may avoid the restaurant half the time. I'm sitting here at lunch. I'm like, where do I want to go? I'm like, well, remember the last time we were there? Like there was that trash that was out there. I don't want to go back there. You know, I want to I tell a story in a second. You should talk to Snapchat. Sorry. You should absolutely talk to Snapchat. And, you know, you, I don't know if you ever use Snapchat, but on the Snap, you can swipe different directions. And it tells you, like, the time or the temperature or whatever. It also knows where you are. So if it were to tell me the restaurant score where I was, I yeah. would... I would you I would, might I, walk right in and buy something. Or flee. Mm-hmm. Or flee, flee, right? But, yeah, I mean, well, that would be follow, amazing. Follow Schluck's advice about the nonprofit yeah. thing, even though I think your goal should be to create more jobs. Follow you can his spread advice. into colleges too. He's more knowledgeable about this. So I would, I would listen to him even though I, I'm sad that you're ta- literally robbing your town of jobs. Uh, Hattie, what was, do okay, you want to, do you want to um, tell the story to the caller, Hattie, or do you want to wait for the, uh, either, either one. Okay. Well, what other questions do you have? Cause we got, we got a couple more calls to do. Right on. Okay. So one, one last one is, uh, you know, we have a dilemma about like what, what name we go with, you know, each be the oh, domain name. Yeah. Like I run a couple past you or do you want to? Yeah. No, there? let's hear, let's hear them all. I'll register the domains. I mean, I'll give you my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, so right now we are Ethernet, Ethernet.io. Eater, Ethernet. I like it. All right. It's memorable. Mm-hmm. It's memorable. Oh, let's hear the next one. Yeah. Right. We did just got, we got some, the next one is openhealthscores.org or .com either. We got some feedback that maybe the name should be less clever and just sort of say more what it is, you know? Right, if, if it's about cl- 
cleanliness and almost like, uh, yeah, should it be, should it sound more right. official health organization? Like open street maps or whatever that's called. That's pretty straightforward. Well, I, I commend exactly. you on, I commend exactly. you on like using, uh, using bootstrap. <laughs> and uh, I can't tell offhand. <laughs> oh, if, you're, you're checking it out. Yes, I can't tell if this is a Rails or not, but uh, you know, will 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 paginate is a great gem for the pagination. <laughs> and uh, I like your implementation here. Very good. Uh, so it looks like I can go. Yeah, to, I'm, a, I'm an engineer. And, yeah, yeah. Las Vegas, New York City, <laughs> cool. Portland, Oregon, and San Francisco. I can sort. I can sort. And I'm looking at. Uh, a, a place called Beach Street Parlor. Actually, let's let's look at uh, let's look at uh, Bistro Two Fourteen. Uh, I'm looking at this. This has a hundred one hundred score is one hundred, and it has one violation: cooking and baking equipment or the interior of microwaves are not cleaned at least every once every twenty four hours. Dan, what were we just reading? Uh, May 12, about, 2015. We've gone off the rails here. Someone <laughs> laid a tomato on the top of the... Uh, no, I don't exp- want to tatty. <laughs> nope. Okay. So listen, <laughs> eternet.io, I say poo-poo on, on that domain name, the IO. I am not a fan uh-huh. of the IOs. I am not a fan of the IOs. Uh-huh. I feel like that's a last resort. IO could be information organization, though. Well, mm-hmm. Is dot .health a thing? Can you get open dot .health? <laughs> Can you get open health? Or dot clean. Yeah, exactly. So something like that, like safe eat, eat safe, uh, open, Ooh, health, eat open safe. health, eat safe, eat safe, mm-hmm. eat safe, eat safe, eat safe. With the little combination lock, yeah, for your logo. But no. the lock could be a, just the, the lock could be a, 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 a mouth or a heart. Hattie's demonstrating mm. how a how a combination lock works. Eat yeah. safe. <laughs> anyway, listen. Well, you guys, you guys are great. Um, I didn't need to take more of your time. No, uh, you've got to awesome. you've got to go through with this. You've got to go. You've got to go forward. Eatsafe.com oh, is not available, but eatsafe.ninja eleven dollars and thirty six cents at <laughs> Hover. Hattie, what's our, our affiliate uh, yeah. code for Hover? Hover.com slash five five. Hover.com slash five five. The TL, dot food TLD in the next month or two. Dot which food. Is yeah, you got to get that clean Ooh. dot food. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen. Call me once uh, you know what's like going that. on, and uh, and we will uh, will help. But I, listen, I'm dead serious. Get me in on this thing. I'm in on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks I for the call. It. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. I watched uh, on my college campus. I watched someone. Is this the story that was preparing the food? Yes. I was at the. Um, she looks shell shocked. Yeah, she looks. I was at the Mexican restaurant. Misty eyed. There was, uh, you know, they have like the kind of the tubs of the the ground meat that they bring out, and then they put into like the little. To like replace, kind of like a Chipotle, those metal things that they heat up. There's a name for those, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I watched this man. He had a a Texas-shaped diamond earring. It (laughs) fell out of his ear and into the ground meat, and he picked it out, put it back in his ear, and then served a taco. There's so much wrong with that. (laughs) There's so much wrong with that. There's so much wrong with that, Hattie. Thanks. I know. You're welcome. For sharing that. Our uh, our bandwidth sponsor for this month is Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. If if you're if you've downloaded this show, which I'm guessing you have, it probably was incredibly fast. And you said to yourself, <laughs> whoa. "Whoa, how is it so fast? Like, what is Dan doing over there? What is he doing there? Why is it so fast? That's the best. Dan and his shows download faster than any other shows. It is all 100 percent." Cashfly. 
We have all of our stuff. So the way that we do, when we publish our shows, they go up to our server and Cashfly, when you go to download a show, the first person does it, it pulls that file off of our server once and then caches it and it lives on Cashfly's CDN. And they've got a point of presence, which means they've got like a little mini data center in these cities all around the world, not just here in the US, all the countries, all around the world, everywhere. So that if you are in a place that has multiple points of presence, let's say you're here in the US and you're in Phoenix, Arizona, you're going to download this file from a Phoenix data center. And if you're in Florida, you're going to get it from Florida data center. That's why it's so fast because it's coming from a place that's very close to you. That is how a CDN content delivery network works. And the best of them is Cashfly. So now... Through the end of this month, July 31st, they're offering a pay-as-you-go CDN plan. You pay only for what you use for the life of your account. The offer ends July 31st, 2015. So you have to sign up for them. New customers only. Okay? And if you sign up now, you get two terabyte 14-day free trial and the pay-as-you-go lifetime deal. It's at cashfly.com. C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com. Let them know that you heard about them here on five by five thanks very much to them i feel like i should sign up i should make a couple secret accounts <laughs> right sign up a second case I time ever need it <laughs> yeah they'll never know no they so don't listen to this show they don't bless you i coughed but thank you okay what do what? you say when someone coughs nothing you just you just kind of go because Ew, a and cough then, is disrespectful mm-hmm. a sneeze can't be helped but a cough is disrespectful a cough usually cannot be helped some most of the time I, how often do you ever hear me cough yeah, but I, I never know. cough. I coughed at when I had the flu. That's it. I know. How often do you even hear me clear my throat? But what if never. something catches? Doesn't happen if you're careful. <laughs> there you go, Schluck. <laughs> Be more careful. Uh, with, I'm okay. saying, when yeah. have, you, have you ever heard me cough when I wasn't I full on? You don't really something. do full, a lot of I don't track bodily that. things. Thank mm. you. <laughs> mm. Go ahead, caller. Hi, Dan. Hey. Hi, I think uh, I think I might be cheating a little bit, but uh, this is Greg. Hey, Greg. Greg, who? Greg Manley. Oh, Greg Manley. Oh, hey, Greg. Greg is the <laughs> long, long, what we call a chronic. <laughs> listens all the time. He's so chronic. He's so chronic that he eventually became a pro. Speaking of free work, pro bono producer, producer for my other show, I the Dan Benjamin Hour. <laughs> he recently emailed me. <laughs> And said that he was, can I say this on the air? Um, yeah, sure. I don't think any, I think that's fine. Okay. So, uh, and by the way, we had one other caller, Hattie. Uh-huh. They just dropped as soon as I didn't, I was going to get them right after Greg. <sighs> they just dropped their call. You know what? Like that's I fine. Like I'm cheating. They can be like that. Okay, Greg, <laughs> listen. You said that you were doing a job search. And yeah. uh, what's the story yeah. on that? What's going on? So, uh, yeah, Dan, you know and Hattie know because I talked to you guys about it, but I was, I was helping you guys out with, uh, with the Dan Benjamin Hour for a while, and then I said, hey, Dan, I've got a lot on my plate. Um, I think I need to kind of take a hiatus for, uh, just while I focus on this job search. Um, I do plan to come back when I have more free time, but for now, um, I work as a chemical engineer, and I am in the middle of the job search. I uh, in all honesty, I didn't think it was going to take this long, but I've kind of hit a lot of dead ends. So I, uh, that, that's, that's where I am. I'm, I'm calling in, um, trying to see if you guys can help me out with this. Well, what do you feel is your biggest hurdle right now? Like when you say it takes a long time, 
if if I'm remembering your story right, you you're you're this specialized kind of engineer, and you live in a town that's not like known for that kind of engineering, right? So you you it sounds like you don't have a ton of options in your town, or are you finding that there are options and you're going in the interviews and you're not getting called back? What's the story? Okay, so uh, so yeah, actually, you were right. Um, uh, the town that I live in isn't exactly well known. Uh, it's a very small town. Um, and there's, I mean, I, I, just from listening to the show, I'll hear you guys, I'll hear you recommend someone, Oh, go to a meetup, uh, try and find a dribble meetup or something like that, a rails meetup, something like that network, talk to some people. Um, chemical engineering in and of itself is a very old industry. So most of the people that are in it are either young people who are just getting started just like me, or they are all just near retirement, about 50 or so. And so meetups aren't very prevalent, especially where I live. Uh, but the thing that's really hamstring to me is um, I'm trying to be very specific in where I move to because my significant other is moving across the country to pursue a PhD. And so I am trying to coincide my job search with that move. So kind of, kind of trying to pinpoint the location where I end up. And that's been a little bit difficult. Uh, what I've found thus far is I have yet to have heard back from most of, for actually any of the applications I've sent out. Um, I've attempted to contact a few people through my alumni association, a couple things like that. But um, I think the combination of the location that I'm trying to search for mm-hmm. and the, and I am relatively new in my industry. I've only been working for about two to three years. I think both of those combined are uh, are proving a lot more difficult than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so many surprises. I think, especially if you're in a in a field like yours, which is you know, it, it's so different. It's so different to to have that kind of specialized skill and be looking for a job than it is if you're just sort of like. I'm in PR or, you know, I have a design degree or mm-hmm. even just software development or something where, where you can kind of shift that around. I mean, are you, you're, how long have you been looking? Uh, I've been, I've been tentatively looking uh, a couple hours here, a couple hours there for the last like about six months or so. Uh, but I've been really hitting it hard. Basically when I, when I had to pull back from, from DBH about, two months ago, mm-hmm. three hours a night, nights and weekends, just all I'm doing, scouring job boards. I get about emails a day now, um, automated just from alerts that I'm just kind of keeping things on our radar. Um, but like I said, nothing is stuck yet. Do you have uh, a sense of what kind of response you're getting? Like what percentage if you apply to 10 things, are you hearing back from one? Are you hearing back from nine? And of those, how many, what percentage are leading to an actual interview of some kind or none? So actually, I started tracking this recently. Um, I have applied to, I would probably say about 30 different things over the last two weeks Mm -hmm. um, with no response on any of them. And over, like I said, I've been kind of, it, it, it's a slow ramp up, but I've, I've yet to have found an interview from any of these companies because, and what I think, what I think what I really uh, want to hear from people about is the merit between, I think what I'm 
hitting is I'm hitting a wall where I either need more experience or I need an advanced degree. Because most of what I see, like I said, I'm getting about 15 emails a day automated from tons of different job boards. And I would probably say about 80% of what I see are looking for senior engineers. Right. And years of experience, PhDs, and the like. And so my sort of question now is, I'm sort of in a tenuous spot where do I kind of sit tight knowing that um, my significant other is moving across the country right. and try and gain more experience at a job where I really am not that happy so that I can start applying to some of these jobs, knowing that would take about two, three years, or do I try and ramp up and apply to get a PhD? Mm. Right. I mean, that's a huge, yeah. huge, 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 huge decision uh, mm-hmm. because... You know it. You and you want to like move. You want to move with them, right? Like you want to. You want to go across country, and you can't do it unless you have a job. Yeah. Is that that's your main concern? Right, right. right. So um, yeah, so I mean, I have a little bit of money saved up. Uh, if I was, if if my if my human resources person is listening right now, and yeah. I get fired when I walk through the door on Monday, yeah, problem um, solved. Last, <laughs> I would probably last about two months. Two months, and then I'd start to kind of feel still uh, really, really, really pressured, and that would kind of be it. So, not the ideal situation, but I wouldn't be sort of running around to Burger King and Starbucks tomorrow if that happened. Right, right, right. No, I hear that. Oh man, I mean, it's this is a tough one. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, have you can cons- now? I know, I know you, and I know what you're mm-hmm. capable of. And I think that there are a lot of things that you could do outside of your direct field. Um, not that you would want to do that. And obviously you don't want to sort of mooch off of your, uh, your significant other. Um, and if they move and you're like, yep, it's been six months and used up my money and yeah, I don't really have a job or anything like that's a, that's a tricky scenario to be in. And you don't want to strain the relationship with that kind of financial burden um, you know, like there's, we've had, I've had callers on this show, as I'm sure you've heard who have said, you know what? I picked up and I moved to a different city and I didn't know anybody. And I went to some meetups and I eventually found a job through networking and other things like that is a huge aspect. Shlok is a captain of networking and he, he's gotten most of his opportunities just by meeting people. I met when I met him. He was sitting in a dark room, uh-huh. and he had uh, an an iPad. We up both on thought a, you were much older than you were. He had an iPad up on a strange little contraption to sort of. It's an iPad stand, and, but it was we. It was a weird. <laughs> it was like l- clipped to the edge of your weird, desk, right? and it like held it with a weird right. robot okay, arm. Okay, so it was weird, mm-hmm. and you had just a little Tiny keyboard, keyboard, and that's it. The rest of your office completely bare, <laughs> bare, and just just you in there with the door shut and the lights off, and. <laughs> That was Shlok. And that was Shlok. And like he 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 went from that to knowing pretty much every important influential person in Austin in a matter of six months. You know, so like uh, you could go and establish yourself in a new city, do half as well as Shlok and get yourself a job pretty easily. People always underestimate the value of. Of using your network of friends, using using in person things, going to meetups that are outside of your field, you know, and and just networking with people. 
for a lot of people, that's difficult, though. I mean, a lot of people aren't like, you know, extroverts. They're more introverted. And, and doing something like that for one person is like, yeah, it's easy. I met 20 people. I handed out a business card. I got a job the next day. For other people, it's like, wow, I talked to one person last night and it drained me and I have to sleep in tomorrow. You know, like it's different for everybody. Or if there aren't any meetups for your industry. It's it like, goes outside of the industry. Right. And then he's like, okay, I met people, but how do I get a job in that space? I don't know, Shlok, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to you for, for your input on this one. What should he do? Should he, should he say, you know what, I'm going to go with my significant other across the country, hope I find a job when I'm there, and if not, I'll work outside my field. I'll, get, I'll be a PHP developer. I'll work, at a, you know, I'll work at a restaurant if I have to. Yeah, I think it's um, – so I heard you say you, you applied to 30 places in two weeks. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's about ballpark. So that's like two applications a day. I mean, like, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but like you need to amp up that by like a factor of, I don't know, I don't know, like a lot more, like 30 a week or like five a day. Um, and I realize, you know, you probably have competing priorities and blah, 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 but like it's a, it's a numbers game, right? Like, so the, I mean, like from the hiring manager perspective, which has been the most useful thing that's happened to me in, in recently is like you have, I mean, it's, it's, for any one job posting, I get hundreds of responses, right? Uh, some of them I will never open because I just opened the first one. I opened the first 30. I opened the first 50, but I'm not even going to open the rest of them because it's just not worth the effort. Um, then, like, you know, they say work in your cover letter, personalize your cover letter. You don't really need to. You need to personalize it enough uh, <laughs> so that the right company's in there, the right name is in there. But it, you just need to, you need, you need to basically build, like, a template system uh, that lets you kind of really increase the velocity and the quantity of these applications. Um, because 30, not that interesting. 100 out there, that's more interesting. 200 applications, you're going to get some some feedback. Um, Are you saying, Shlok, though, that the only reason that he's not hearing back is because the hiring managers are just completely inundated, completely inundated with resumes that they can't get to, or that only the most outstanding candidates that exactly fit because i know that even if if i'm like if i put out the word i'm like oh we're hiring an intern i'll get like 50 resumes for that intern and they'll be everything from i'm a sophomore in college to i'm a you know i'm 35 year old software engineer and i want to get out of this field you know and everything in between right that it's just you know how do you i guess i'm saying it's more it's it's a kind of a crapshoot and the way to win in that scenario is to throw more stuff out there. Um, because you, you're right. Like you do get all of that. And if you can come off, um, with a coherent cover letter, <laughs> uh, a resume that is somewhat relevant and more importantly, a story that says, Hey, you know, I do this, I do that. These are things I can help you do. Like that's what you look for. So if you send out a lot more, you'll get, it's like marketing, right? You're, this is the weirdest part of applying for jobs. We never train people to market themselves. We say, go be a very good chemical engineer. Right. That's and all you need to do. That's You got it, right? Like, that's not it. Then you have to go market yourself, which is a completely different skill set. Um, but, the, but the way marketing works is, you know, and you can, like, a good example is, like, uh, online ads. You buy an ad for 100 bucks, and you get 10,000 impressions. And of those, you'll get 200 clicks. And of those, you'll get 15 downloads for a mobile app. And of those, you'll have five sustained users for the month. So, like take those numbers and ratchet them down, but that's basically how jobs work. You apply to 150. 100 of those get read. 50 of those get put in the, I'll probably talk to that person pile, 25 of those. Become, and that kind of conversion rate, you can modify a little bit with the right cover letter, the right resume, 
and obviously the qualifications that are what is what's going to get you in the door. But like, my real point is, you need to get you need to apply to a lot more. And I think it makes sense to, if if it's important to you on a personal level, go across the country and get the Starbucks job before you need the Starbucks job, right? <laughs> uh, because the worst nightmare is when you need the job and you don't have one. Um, but if you can do those things, I think you'll you'll be living the life you want, which is important, and you'll be in the headspace that's going to get you to um, do the networking stuff, but also like find the job that you're looking for or the alternative field that just kind of comes up or the opportunity that comes up because you're hanging out at the right bar at the right time. Like those things happen, but I think the, the levers at your control are, do I want to move across the country? It sounds like you do. Uh, do I need to apply to a lot more jobs? Yes. And just, you know, again, take that advice and combine that with apply to jobs that are outside of your comfort zone a little bit and outside of your exact field. Because again, you know, your discipline, chemical engineering, that's pretty tough. And I also know that there's a lot of other things you can do because we work together a little bit. So I, I seriously think that ex, expand, was- expand what you're doing the way that Shlok is instructed by reaching out to a whole lot more people. When I was looking, the last time that I was job seeking was a while ago, but I will say that every single day I was emailing between five and 10 every day, every single day. And that's, yeah, that's yeah, what you were saying, actually. right? Shlok, like yeah, 30 a, a week. Yeah. I applied to five or 10 a day for weeks. Yeah. You know, even, even if you're like, you know what, this isn't the perfect job, but it's a job. It's in this field. It's, it's in that location. Right. It's an interview. It gets, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, that, that may be enough for right now because it is so tough. And I'll tell you what, you know, I know, I know you're doing this, but just as a, as a mention to other listeners out there that you must absolutely follow the instructions for the job posting because a lot of the time, yes, they will say, you know, send your cover letter and resume too. But a lot of the time they, they, they'll, they'll say, don't send the cover letter or they'll say, just send your resume or, you know, include references or whatever. And I remember when I was the last time that I was uh, aggressively hiring Oh, if yeah. people didn't follow the instructions or if they had the wrong company name in the cover letter, right? Like, like they I didn't even take the time to Google it. How good you are. <laughs> yeah. You, you have the wrong, you're calling me Ben. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I'm not, I'm not reading any further. I'm not looking at your resume. I'm not doing anything. If you can't get that right. I'm not saying you're doing that, Greg, but just like when you do your template system, the way Shlok's describing, get it right, you know? Yeah. I, I was hiring for a copywriter. The job is literally writing, <laughs> and they would send me these emails with my name spelled wrong. Right. And I'm like, it's right there in the email address. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But anyway, so that's just a mini rant. But yeah. But yeah, you know, get get that right. there, And there is a huge aspect to uh, to, to to being there in person to inspire you to say, Oh my gosh, I quit my job. I did go across the country. I'm here. You will, you will be inspired to apply for five to 10 jobs. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying if you choose to do that, but listen, Greg, we get to, uh, we get to wrap this up. Thanks so much for the call. And, uh, obviously we'll be in touch, but let me know uh, what happens to you. All right. All right. Thanks, Dan. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Take care of yourself. Bye. My this job was out of my um realm of jobs, I yeah, guess. Yeah. 
because I was uh, looking at design jobs and then now here I am. There you are. Wherever you go, there you are. There you go. We got one person on hold, Schluck. They've been hold seven minutes. I'm going to take them and then we're Let's out. Then we're out of Let's here. Let's do it. 34 minutes late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go ahead, caller. Hi. Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah, totally. Great. That's just pretty set of headphones. Um, I would have just loved all the work. I know I hate to say all the great shows, but um, <laughs> I had this experience in December where uh, through no fault of my own, uh, an entire development staff was essentially let go. Uh, just like kind of out of the blue. You Wait. And, uh, wait a minute, wait, 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 I, I, wait, 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 I tweeted wait, wait. you one time a while back and said that I just, like, you and, and Merlin were really instrumental in me not wallowing in my own despair over just the shock of, of, uh, having this job, like, just fall out from under me. It wasn't a job I enjoyed. Actually, it was a job I was beginning to really hate, but I'd begun the process of, like, okay, what do I want to do? And just taking lunches to figure all the skills I felt like I was missing in software development to uh, be ready in, you know, a year or so to get the heck out of that job. But um, I just was thinking about how I sat there the, the day of, you know, packing up my stuff and said, all right, well, I guess my job right now is to find a job. Right. Right. Your job and is to find a job. What I did. Right. Yeah, I got I have three kids and a, and a wife who's doing an in-home daycare, so it's not like there's a ton of money in that. And right. I had a good severance, which really helped out. But um, I just wanted to thank you, really, for just the idea that, all right, my job now is finding a job and don't stop. I think right, you, and you can't you stop. So had, let me, what is, uh, yeah. what, what's, your, like, what's your line of work? I'm a software developer. Right. So that so I have you, been doing. Yeah. You really have a ton of opportunities and you're lucky because yours is the kind of job that you could do in, in an office. You could do it remote, but I love yeah. your approach and I love your attitude of saying, you know what? I had this full-time job. It was paying me. And now I have a new job, which is to find a job. I love that. That's exactly the right kind of attitude. Yeah. And you're going to wake up every morning and you know what? Here's the only thing I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Don't get discouraged because it's so easy to get discouraged. You have to remember. Oh, it was it was so easy. I gave myself uh, two TV shows on Netflix. I was like, well, you know what? I can wallow in a couple of episodes <laughs> of TV. And within a week, I had been talking to recruiters and multiple recruiters and, and by I think I was like, oh, on a Thursday, but that next Thursday I had already taken an offer because the, the, the group seemed really good. It was a consulting company. So I knew I'd get a lot of varied experience instead of having like basically the same year every year for 10 years or whatever. Uh, the, the team was, was really great. I looked at their website and like everybody's staff pictures were from characters from Animal House. <laughs> right. like, this is going to fit my personality really well. Um, so I, that's, I saw the only reason I wanted to call was just to, to thank you for, for how much, uh, just like angry Dan in my head saying, <laughs> don't, don't stop, keep, keep sitting, keep talking to everybody you can talk to and, and all of that. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad I was a help to you and, and like, listen, listen to, uh, listen to this caller because, you know, you can't let yourself discourage, get discouraged. Don't get discouraged to, to, to Greg. Don't. 
don't let yourself get discouraged. You know, it's so easy to wake up in the morning and be like, wow, uh, there's nothing out there for me. I made this huge mistake. You can't dwell on the past. You can't feel bad about the past. You can learn from it and take everything that's there for you to say, you know what? That that happened. That thing happened. That's not the present anymore. What can I learn from that? And I'm not saying that there won't be times when you'll sit there and you'll be like, man, that was dumb. Or I wish I could go back. I wish I could go back and do this thing different or undo that thing or do this thing instead. And, you know, you can't. But like dwelling in that space is 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 not healthy. If you've learned everything you can from that thing and then you can move on to the next thing. Uh, you've got to do it, you know, and I always when they there's this terrible expression that I just hate, which is like, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. Well, maybe you might have to be the person that opens that door, though, you know, and, and, and that's that's the way it is at the end of the day is like find the other door that's supposed to be opening, find the door and open it. And you may just have to make the door and you may have to make the building to put the door in. But like get out there and do something and uh and if and if you treat if you treat it seriously like you know what my job is to find a job i love that so thank you for for adding that to the to the show and thanks very much for calling and uh i'm glad you're doing well thank you thank you great call all right that's it so if you want to uh send me an email and tell me your story you can do that. The best way to do it is to go to 5x5.tv slash contact. You'll see quit listed on that page. Uh, click that link and send me the email there. The reason why, it adds a special subject line that helps me find uh, your email in the mess of all the other email that I get. And that's the best way to do it. Make sure to let me know if you don't want me to use your name or read the email on the air. Although I would think most people would want me to to read it on the air. Yeah. But yeah, let me know if you if you don't want me to or if you don't want me to use your name because you want to be private about it. That's important. Or if you're a secret agent secret for agent, the government. Right. So you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Dan Benjamin. Schloke is on Twitter. At Schlokey. Not Schlocky. Different word. <laughs> yep. At S-H-L-O-K-Y. Schloke. I, I would like for you to update your avatar on Twitter. Because in the current avatar, you're hiding. First of all, a lot has changed since then. You're in it. Here's his picture. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's still him. It's you. But his hair is done in a much tighter fashion. This was you're hiding behind Mm -hmm. a camera. There is no face. That was corporate schluck. Yeah, we can't see you. Right. So. And now you're like out there. Mm-hmm. You could be mm-hmm. like holding up your tattoo. Hold up the tat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get a slope. picture of him in his car driving in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the wind mm-hmm. whipping. Maybe like an ascot. Nope. No? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just an idea. You're going to have to run with it. But Shloki is on Twitter at S-H-L-O-K-Y. Hattie, you're on Twitter at Hattie Bird. Yep. But uh, don't worry about them. At Dan Benjamin is where you want to go. Mm-mm. And uh, we will be back next week, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 Central. One? Pacific? One, no two, cares. three. Two. So, uh, two. Nope. Two yeah. Pacific. Yeah. Yep. Two. What time in Arizona? They have that weird... That's the mountain time. Mountain time. Who three, knows? Three and a half. <laughs> but we'd love it if you would call in, and uh, if you can't... 
tweet me or send an email and we'll, we'll do our best to get to it on the show. Thanks everyone for being here today and we'll see you again next week.